0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan, who is here for Thanksgiving this week.
1: I this am year. here. I am not out west with the family. We are staying here in the New York area because this is Cowboys hate week and it is Florida State hate week, and I am. Mentally preparing myself for 48 hours of misery. So, how are you doing, Grump? Long time no talk.
0: Yeah, I mean, back-to-back days. I feel like I saw you Sunday. We did an episode yesterday, and we're doing an episode today. And oh, for God's sakes. Probably going to be texting during the game. So here's <laughs> here's the question. So, you're usually on vacation or like in Hawaii or something for Thanksgiving. Yes. You'll be home for this one in the, in the home area with family. That's correct. So... What are you going to be eating? What is your Thanksgiving uh, delight?
1: This is usually we're somewhere, we're visiting the family somewhere, and it's usually at a restaurant. So it's like, you know, a buffet for turkey. And, you know, it's great being with the family always, but it's not, does it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving? I mean, this year we're going to one of our Trump and I's cousins' house. We're going to have all the traditionals turkey stuffing. Uh, what's that red stuff? cranberry sauce oh,
0: cranberry sauce
1: cranberry sauce gravy I think there's a pasta course um the uh the lovely wife is making some delicious cocktails there'll be uh there'll be desserts there'll be I think a pasta uh course it's gonna be fun and you know at the main course but you gotta, you gotta will pick
0: be... one what's your favorite of all those things stuffing stuffing interesting I love I love stuffing I, just, I feel like stuffing is one of those things that's either fantastic or you got a bad cook. And it's like one or the other. It's never really like, eh, stuffing was okay. It's either like, oof, that stuffing was horrible. <laughs> or it's I the agree. highlight of the fucking meal.
1: I agree. I agree. Oh, that's one. No, that's uh, one for me. Grump, yep. fantastic uh, job yesterday. Only four F-bombs. So you hit the, uh, the under in Vegas. So that was good work.
0: Huge under.
1: Huge, yeah. I mean, people get... Um, ca- the, the casinos—they uh, won money because everybody had the over. So right now we're at one. We're at one. I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna have one. today.
1: I'm gonna put six today because this is gonna be a, It's a touchy tough topic playing the Cowboys. So yes. I'm gonna have six.
0: And uh, playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving is not my favorite. I do like to relax and enjoy Thanksgiving and watch football. Football is a big part of my Thanksgiving, but I don't like to be stressed out watching. So this is not fun for me. I don't well, enjoy this. The last time the Giants played on Thanksgiving, by the way, was that the Broncos game where they got the shit kicked out of them by Kyle Orton? That Josh was that McDaniels. night game.
1: That's right. We played that eight o'clock, the night game and we got destroyed. And yeah.
0: Speaking of F-bombs, Josh McDaniels, they, they had like the up close mic on him yelling at the guys on the sideline and immediately caught him screaming an F-bomb. And yeah. they had to like do a whole apology during the broadcast.
1: <laughs> what was I watching yesterday? I was, uh, some game was on. We were watching Red Zone And somebody dropped a mother effer. And it was, uh, you know, it's always the highlight of my TV watching experience of the day is that random uh, curse word caught on TV. uh, That's why I bought a TV, just so I can experience moments like that. (laughs) Uh, My, you know, you talk about stress on Thanksgiving. I, you know, this year has been as good as we can have hoped for. And expectations have been, you know, exceeded um, but I, I still feel that the season is kind of house money. And I think with the recent turn of events with, you know, the injuries that all of a sudden have been piling up, uh, I'm not going to take this week as stressful or I'm not going to be, you know, super angry, pissed at what outcome I think is going to happen. I still feel kind of, I don't know, Thanksgiving blessed is the word, but just, I'm not going to go into this. I, I, I have an expectation of what's going to happen. And I've been working on my zenness, my trying to keep my uh you know, keep my cool. So I'm not gonna be as now
0: what if an we interesting have a, year to work on your zenness and not the last like six.
1: Well, you know, when you hit the five-o and you realize that uh you're getting closer. You're gonna get to the backside as opposed to the front nine. It uh changes your perception a little bit. But no, I think uh now I, I say that of course, but if we're up, you know, 13 going to the fourth quarter. And we blow a lead, there will be an F bomb cloud h- hovering somewhere over uh, Long Island that may not dissipate for months. But going into it, I'm not going in there with the "oh my god, this game" kind of mentality. I'm, I'm happy to be with, you know, family with a good meal, a nice big TV, and uh, you know, happy to be watching a very one of the most important giant games we've had in a long long time on a national spotlight I I'm, I'm pretty happy
0: yeah I guess I can understand that I, I think at this point like if, if we're gonna get into this game uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the game but yes. I guess essentially this is one of those games where it's like I don't really expect a whole lot from this game I didn't mm-hmm. come into this season expecting a whole lot so like you said house money so I am more likely than not going to be less stressed out during this game than I was during the lions game where I was getting really mad. Yeah. Um, But that being said, and this is going to tie into, we're going to, we're going to start talking about real stuff now, but um, this kind of goes back to if No matter what, if I start seeing players go down like flies, like we did on Sunday, I'm going to get stressed out. That's going to stress me out and, and circling back. So, this is a short week for us, obviously. I mean, this is an exhausting week. Like I said, Sunday we were at the game. Uh, Monday we did an episode that came out today. Tuesday we're doing an episode that's coming out tomorrow. Thursday's Thanksgiving, family, the game, all this stuff. But be sure to check out yesterday's episode. Or, or, yeah, by the time yeah, you, guys you have- are hearing this yesterday. Episode 333 was our recap of the Lions game. And I, I do want to piggyback off of a couple of things that I said during that episode that I think I could have said better. For both times, I was kind of heated and going on a special teams rant. The first was, uh, Adoree Jackson's a better corner than Jason Seahorn. What I really mean is, and and you kind of said it, it's like the game has changed. Athletically they are not in the same class. But what was correct. expected of a corner during Jason Seahorn's era, he was much more of a lockdown corner at that time versus what he would be in today's NFL. Do you agree with that? That's, that's 100% correct. Okay, yes. that's that's really what I was trying to say at the time. I, I just was kind of flippant about what I was talking about. But more, I think I could have just phrased the whole special teams a lot better. And is essentially the way I tweeted it was, you either have made the commitment at the beginning of the year to make a difference maker happen, sign a difference maker, draft a difference maker in special teams, the way that Dallas did where they signed Kevonte Turpin, who was a absolute nightmare in the USFL, was clear that he could be a very good returner at the NFL level. Um, Just seeing what he could do with a little bit of space. That's making an investment. Mm -hmm. If you don't make that investment, then all you have to do is make do with what you have, which is play mistake-free football. What you can't do... Is manufacture a difference maker by pulling someone from your offense or defense that's a starter, and not just a starter. I mean, arguably the best player on the, that side of the ball. It's at least debatable. Well, I'd argue but, the most
1: important. A, I'd argue the yeah. most important person based on the depth issues we have back there.
0: And I think we highlighted him as one that could be a season ender if we lost him. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean that. That's what you can't do, and that's what they did. So that's why I criticized the decision. That's that's kind of what I was trying to phrase, but I it was, you know, veins were popping, and it was yeah. A, and
1: problem. and you made the point also about well, he was a you know a punt returner, kick returner in college, but it's like you know something you can get away with being a multi-positional guy in college because these guys are such you know physically dominating over other players. When you get to the NFL, you know especially when you haven't done it in a while, it's kind of like. Well, Kadarius Tony was a quarterback in, in in high school. I mean, he could still do it now if he had to. It's like no, 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 no. Just because you did it in the past, that's it, that's over, especially in a specialized league such as this. So,
0: yeah, I think the point I was making is that they were absolutely picking him because he was good in college. At that, it's right. they didn't they didn't pick a guy that was the most sure-handed. They picked mm-hmm. the most electric guy they had. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Yeah, now, not. not You're 100% right. And, and, you know, we were saying last year, or at least I was, is like Dante Pettis was like insane as a punt and kick returner in the Pac-12 during his time. I think he holds records, and Mm -hmm. we never used him back there. That's more to your point. Like, you know, being electrifying in college is not really—especially the Pac-12. Like, I mean— at that point, you might just be the most athletically gifted guy. It,
1: we, we had a guy on this roster, going back to Kadarius Toney again, who returned punts for Florida and w- was electric. Go on YouTube and look at his punt return. I think it was against Kentucky last year.
0: Uh, two years uh, ago.
1: No, two years ago, which was, you know, oh, my God. And, you know, he never returned punts for us. So, I mean, it's it's college to pros is a big jump, and you have specific responsibilities when you get to the NFL. So
0: I believe he has a hamstring injury right now believe it or not
1: that is an evergreen comment.
0: <laughs> I believe it's a real It is, comment, it is. he left the game with a with a uh, with
1: a hamstring, so.
0: Um it happens. So Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, 425 Giants are going to AT&T Stadium in Dallas um, to face the Cowboys in what is now being dubbed the Odell Beckham Bowl, where essentially people seem to think that these two teams are competing and he's going to make some decision <laughs> Based on this game, it, for it's some reason, literally which a, makes no sense. on a That's
1: challenge. literally as stupid as some recruit out there watching the Florida's Florida State game on Friday night and saying, well, whoever wins this game, I'm committing to. Because based on who won this game,
0: no, not at all. Um, I'm not saying that the chance the Giants sign Oda Beckham is uh, zero. I, I suppose that there is a non-zero chance that he signs here. And if that happens, I will be elated that they have some legitimate NFL talent at wide receiver, Uh, arguably pro Bowl talent, right? I mean, I don't really know because he has not played in about a year. Um, So that's kind of important. But I guess what I'm not going to be is super-duper excited to sign a guy that is 30 years old and has had three season-ending injuries to one leg And not to mention has kind of pitched a fit enough to find his way getting tossed from two teams. One he was traded away from. The other he just kind of demanded a trade away from. Mm -hmm. Um, It is indisputable that he has a track record of being a head coach and front office's headache. That is indisputable. There's no arguing that. There's no. John Mara absolutely had a problem with Odell Beckham doing some of the things that he did. Tom Coughlin absolutely had issues with things that he did. Right. Um, I mean, those things are indisputable, right? So I have not been tripping over myself the way other Giants fans have begging for him to come back. And quite frankly, I don't think that Joe Shane really cares because he's seeking a multi-year deal. Joe Shane is not seeking to get one-year rentals either. I mean – he is clearly, when he traded away Kadarius Tony, is evidence more than anything that he is thinking about the long term in the future. So, if he's 30 years old now with three season-ending injuries to his left leg, then two to four years—come on, I don't see Joe Shane buying into that. I just don't. Nope. nope. not not at all. Um, what you're trying to do for this is you're trying
1: to kill two birds with one stone. I mean, if you're deciding you're going to wait for the draft that does not help you this year. So you're trying to get ahead of it a little bit, but again, and you said things about indisputable. I could tell you one thing that is disputable now that this little you know, undercurrent you're seeing on Twitter is, well, Beckham has grown up and he's matured since his days when he was here the first time. There is absolutely no evidence of that. I mean, again, worked his way out of Cleveland. For some reason, he's not with the Rams right now. They didn't, in know, rush to re-sign him back. He made a big stink about his uh, his endorsement deal and how it's damaging his brand. He's turned this yeah, but that all, that happened like two weeks ago. Exactly, That's
0: like super recent.
1: I mean, this whole like my tour and I'm making my decision. It reeks so much of immaturity and look at me and I am the center of attention and drawing, you know the planets around him that doesn't tell me of a guy who's matured at all this tells me a guy who's always going to be in it for himself so let's take that a step further this guy is looking for two things and you can get you can it's up to you to decide which one you think is more important he wants to be on a championship team that wins right now and he wants to get paid now how much you are a ODB Kool-Aid drinker may skew which way you think he cares about more. I'm a realist in this world. Guys like him who've had three season-ending injuries and, you know— Well, this is their last contract. As his last shot at making real money, he's going to go for every penny he can get. And if the Giants have to be creative based on the salary cap, you know, to get him even for this year and the future— you can bet they're going to try to make this incentive-laden, you know, making how many games you play, how many snaps, you know, all these type of things. And he's going to say, F you. I am Odell Beckham. I am this the uh, straw that stirs the drink. I am going to be the biggest star on this team. You know, I want to get paid. So I think, you know, it. I think this is all about drawing attention to himself. I think this is to try to up the ante with a team like Dallas, especially a division team. Uh I would be very, very shocked if he ends up here. And quite frankly, and I've been I've been on the record and pretty out pretty vocal about this. I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze with him. I could just see it the first time Daniel Jones mm. either Doesn't look his way when he's wide open or overthrows him. He's going to get that side-eyed look from him. You know, you are. I I
0: honestly think you'll see him like. I, I hate to say this because I feel like I'm categorizing and just like casting stones, whatever. But like, I wouldn't be shocked to see more than just the side eye from him later, like four hours later, some him reposting something on in an instagram story of someone saying that daniel jones yep. didn't see him wide open like yep. i mean he'll be outward about it i could see that totally guaranteeing it but it wouldn't shock me in fact no, it, and, and if people were shocked they'd be like what did you think was gonna happen right and if this is an organization
1: that cast aside Kadarius tony so quickly you know because they want to have a new
0: culture that you know Oh my god. The the comparison between what Kadarius Tony is being accused of while he was here versus what Beckham did is so drastically different. Mm-hmm. He has done by Kadarius Tony Tony's a saint in comparison. Exactly. He so he's not really had much of a rap sheet. You know, just because
1: Beckham is making this recruitment tour You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're interested in buying, you know, so, you know, sometimes you're at your house and the door knocks and it's those crazy people trying to sell encyclopedias at your desk or the Jehovah's Witnesses want money. That doesn't mean you want them to come to your house. It doesn't mean you're going to offer them money for their product. You might just be polite and say, you know, thanks. I gave it the office and you close the door on them too. So this is not something where we as a GM, you should be listening
0: to everything anyway. I mean, and you just listen and you see what the deal is. That does not mean – I mean, you could listen to anything There's like, there's 1% chance I'm signing this guy. It's still, it's still worth listening. Sure. In fact, sure. people made the same argument about Dave Gettleman supposedly not answering the phones for the number two pick in 2018. I mean, it's just like you have to have the phone. You should be listening for anything. Of course. don't know what the offer is going to be. So just because you're listening does not mean that there's a ton of interest there. I, I am redubbing this from the Beckham Bowl <laughs> to the I-Roll Bowl because there was a 0% chance that he was going to make a decision based on this out, the outcome of this game anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless everything that we said is sort of sidebar to that. There, there was there, We agree on that, right? He's not deciding based on this game.
1: No, no. Yeah. The only thing that changes in this game really is – the expected chance of the Giants making the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that really cha- only variable that changes. And again, I think that mix between being on a championship team and maximizing the money, I-, I think it skews a lot more on the money side. So I don't think it's that much of a big deal anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't really think he's much of a big deal anymore. So, And we're less um, than
1: 10 minutes in that conversation, so we're done. So good job, Grump.
0: Nice. All right, moving forward. The game itself... Um, man, this is, this is a bummer. And so this is what's kind of annoying is like the, <laughs> the injuries are, are hardcore, right? I mean, like we obviously highlight the Wandale Robinson one cause he's done for the year with a torn ACL and you know, we have to start wondering about what capacity Wandale' is going to be in his second year. Um, the Adoree Jackson one is huge because he's missing significant time and, um, you know, it was not necessary, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's a guy that we couldn't afford to lose. Xavier McKinney is another one we couldn't really afford to not have him around, and we don't have him around. But more importantly than that, the minor injuries from Sunday on a yeah. short week like this, there's just not enough time. They're and not even going to have a practice going into this game. It yeah, was like I think they had a rest day, you know, a
1: walk-through regrouping and a walk-through. day, a walk through day, then, um you know, they, then they travel and then they they're we're traveling tomorrow on Wednesday and Thursday they play yeah this is brutal this sucks and to be and, fair Dallas other than the travel day has pretty a, a same condensed uh
0: oh, no, schedule but it's not it's not unbalanced towards us I'm just saying it's it was <laughs> such a shitty time to have a rash of injuries of course literally the day before a third the, the, the week before a Thursday game and there's no worse time really mm-hmm. um I guess except before the Super Bowl um so just kind of going through it, I'm just going to – well, let's do, it. let's do it by side of the ball. Should we start on offense? Sure, sure. Okay. So here's here's the bummer. I'm going to start with the offensive line because that's where they're most banged up right now. Andrew mm. Thomas has an illness. I mean, yeah. right off the bat. I mean, that's, that sucks. Um, but he is expected to start. Everything I've seen from beat writers is not a lot of concern about him starting. Uh, but, I mean, I guess the question then is, is he going to be feeling 100%? Well, that's a thing. I mean, of- think about it. Do you go to work feeling like shit? How no, but here's, are you here's the lucky the lucky break
1: of this short week without any practice. He's not really missing any practice time, so you know yeah, he, I guess that's. So. I guess I'm trying to have a a positive spin on this, but uh, you know he's not going to have to either miss time or be not 100 percent and be weak in, in something. So you're better off just keeping on on balls from now until Thursday and hope for the best.
0: Left guard remains a total mystery. The thought right now, uh, I mean, and the thought, I mean, is like a shot in the dark by the beat writers. The only people that have access to this kind of like information and and have like a reason to think things. Um, But the thought is that it's going to be Josh Zudu. He's dealing with a neck. Shane Lemieux went right back to the injury report with the same toe injury. Also looked like absolute dog shit on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. there's that as well. And Ben Bredesen is not eligible to return until next week. So it's kind of got to be (laughs) somebody. That sucks. That's garbage. But the best case scenario at this point would be a Zudu. So I guess that's what we're gonna to have to hope for. Center is odd. They're starting to look like it's gonna be Nick Gates. John Feliciano also dealing with a neck injury. Um, Jesus Christ! I mean, who'd who'd have thought that we'd be relying on Nick Gates to play center? Yeah, I mean, so we, we were assume. just happy. We were just happy he was just on
1: the field. Like, and now all of a sudden he's being thrown into the fire.
0: Um, right guard, there's some stability. Uh, Glowinski appears like he's going to play, obviously. I don't believe he's all that much banged up, which is, is what it is. He's also probably one of the worst guys on the line. Um, and right tackle, there's kind of this big, I don't know if Matt Parrott has an injury. He's not on the injury report. Nobody seems to think that he's going to start.
1: He's not on this list. I'm looking at the official injury report and he's not listed doesn't say anything about limited participation. He's not here. He not say
0: anything about him being moved to a list either. I didn't see him move. He's not on this list. No, no. Yeah, so I, I don't know why no one seems to think he's going to play. He hasn't obviously been very good his whole time here, but he, I didn't think he looked too bad on Sunday Mm -hmm. granted that was against the lions it's looking like tyree phillips is going to get the start evan neal i don't think is quite ready a lot of the people said if this were not a short week and they were playing on sunday there was probably a better shot evan neal would play i suppose that's still in the air right it's wednesday night right now so we don't know or sorry it's tuesday tuesday night. night correct so uh you know things can change tomorrow we'll find out more when they board planes and that sort of thing so
1: you know i'm looking at the uh the Dallas injury report right now, and I see one, two, three, four, five, five people with illness and did not participate. I see Dante Fowler, Jonathan Hankins, Kelvin Joseph, Demarcus Lawrence.
0: There's a lot of that defensive line room. I think a flu went around.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or
0: or Micah Parsons was sexually <laughs> assaulting them all and spread it.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's a hot take. <laughs> oh, I. It,
0: uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? He had the hazing incident at Penn State, where it was yeah. like essentially <laughs> sexual assault on another person. Um, he is listed as uh, my part.
1: He was listed uh, in on Tuesday as limited participation uh, with a knee and ankle issue. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that they're they're a little they're a little messed up on the defensive line room, and that kind of goes into the way I'm looking at this from an offensive perspective this might be the time to uh, run up the middle. I, I would not test Dallas's speed on the edges. Would you? Uh, I,
1: w- I would not for sure. No.
0: Yeah. And, and I know that I have harped on how this is not a power run team and running up the middle is not our best bet. You know, with Nick Gates coming back and I assume he's going to be picking up the playbook and being a lot more prepared. Obviously, mean, I don't think he was really prepared to play center since he was a tight end last week. Um, maybe this is the week that we kind of get a little bit of headway running up the middle is what I'm thinking. I still, I stand by my RPO take. We're not running a lot of RPO. Maybe we never will, but I I think that that's going to be the way to kind of move things on this defense.
1: My, my take for this game was, you know, as people are, you know, getting hurt, the Wendell Robinson's are longer available and stuff. It's the two best, most talented players on this offense right now are Saquon Barkley and daniel jones and i think the ball needs to be in their hands the most as possible i mean i think if saquon barkley we talked about it in yesterday's show i don't understand why if you uh you know he's not involved at all in the passing game he is such a dangerous weapon and you know if we try to run up the middle and it's not working yet again you know we just don't take him off the field as you know he's useless anymore i think you have to get the ball in his hand somehow and you know Little passes out to the flat, and he'll play action, and and, you know, out to him. The RPO, absolutely. That's one way you can try to neutralize, you know, that outside, um, you know, the the defensive ends they have is make them think, make them make a decision, and maybe they make. I
0: would even say, I would even say, pony up, get get Breida and Barkley in the backfield at the same time. Let Mm -hmm. them both run routes. Yeah, I mean, not that Breida's great at being a hands catcher, but he's definitely fast in space. Yeah. I and he, think we, and he can catch something in the flat.
1: <clears throat> I think we've yesterday, we kind of dispelled the myth that this team, you know, while this is a run first, you know, better running team, this is not an impotent passing offense, but we're not winning this game. if we have, ball, we have to throw the ball 40, 45 times. And if we're behind no. So but so it has to be a smart passing game. And again, we, we, coined the phrase yesterday that it's effective, not explosive. It's okay. Get you know, if we do some things like, you know, passing out to Barkley, you know, you know, let him do his thing. Maybe one of those four-yard bubble screens or something becomes twenty yards, or maybe brings it to the house. The guy's got he's still Saquon Barkley out there in space and make him make him make a move or something. So, you know, I, I'd have it controlled, but I definitely think you try to get the ball into your best player's hands as much as possible. And that includes, you know, Daniel Jones and not being afraid, you know, to use his legs and run. So be it. This, this really kind of is, you know, after last week, this game really can show you a direction of where we're going for the rest of the season. Even if we hang in this game, I think we're going to feel better about ourselves, you know, the rest of the way. But if this is something where it gets out of control early, the coaches may have some different thoughts about how the rest of the season goes.
0: Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think a lot of that's going to come down to the defensive side of the world. But before we flip to the defense, I do want to mention two things. Richie James is on the injury report, but it looks like he's going to play in Wandale Robinson's spot and resume his punt return duties. But I I just want your thoughts on this. Daniel Bellinger is, is, from what I'm reading, more likely to be available next week. He's out this week. He's officially out this week. He he is out this week. That is is true. But it, it seems like he's likely next week, which is sooner than I thought. And I just, I don't know. I want your thoughts on this. He's working with playing with a visor on his helmet, which he's probably going to do forever from now on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I have to assume that 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 has some effect. And more than anything, he said that his double vision is still clearing up. Double vision? Like, what? I would think that you're weeks away if you still have some double vision.
1: He, they're not going to rush him out on the field if he's not ready. I think. And I don't mean, think.
0: I don't think they should. But I mean, yeah. In your opinion, you would you would think that the visor has some effect, right? Playing with a visor for the first time. Yeah, I mean, if
1: if the is made, he has to wear it for the rest of his career. I mean, the rest of his career starts next week, and he just has to get used to playing with it.
0: Yeah, but you think that would take time, right? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I, I assume when you're looking up at a stadium, especially a night game, and all the lights and all that stuff is – I understand that the visor is probably going to dim a lot of that stuff, but it's, it's just – it has to be different, and tracking sure. the ball has to be harder. And you have to remember, the NFL is not you playing catch in the backyard. Like I mean, everything – every fraction of a second is scrutinized. So mm-hmm. any delay in things like that is a bobble. And any bobble becomes an interception. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I have to think that he is still. I, I know the beat writers are saying it's likely that he'll be a Week 13 guy. I just that would surprise me personally. I would think that there's more that needs to happen
1: there. I would think, especially you know, he's a young guy. He's a he's going to be a factor in this offense for years to come. Especially in the position that's important in this offense, they're not going to rush him back. I don't think really under any circumstance and um, when he's back, he'll be ready to play. And I think he's going to learn how to get used to dealing with the visor. I'm sure there's things he can do, you know, be outside at night on a Wednesday night and, you know, practice looking at lights. I don't know if it's the MetLife is available to have the lights on. It can go out there and run around or
0: oh, you can even go to a high school field as far as I'm yeah. concerned. It really doesn't matter. I just, yeah. you have to go somewhere where there's some level of element that's. And also similar. who knows? I mean, us buying a
1: visor at Modell's might be different than, you know, the customized under-armor. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just a thought. I I, I don't know. Uh, one other thing on the offensive side that I think, as far as, like, a key to the game, I, I you're going to need a lot of variety. Uh, Dan Quinn will hone in on whatever it is that you are making your bread and butter for the game. He's a very smart defensive coordinator with a lot of talent at his disposal. So you should keep variety. But I... Would like to see Daniel Jones in a traditional drop back to pass from time to time. In this, I, I think if you're going to throw the ball, just doing constant rollouts. Remember when you roll out. I understand that you're protecting Daniel Jones from a bad pocket. I understand that you're protecting him from pass rush from one side of the field, or maybe you're just. But you are cutting the field in half. Yep. So when the defense reads that, that play is absolutely dead. When you hang, in, when you just drop back to pass, the whole field is your oyster. And-
1: you know, something, you know, the eye test to me tells me that this, even the pass blocking this year is not nearly as bad as it was last year. Where.
0: Perrett looked way better than we have ever seen him on Yeah. Year, right? I mean,
1: last year was like, oh my God, it's a sieve. and like every play was, you know, Ole <clears throat> and, and, you know, gang, you know, seven guys coming at the quarterback. I don't get that sense. I mean, it's, again, it's not him. It's not good. It's not, so not good. We're not, but it's not saying it's good. It's not the worst thing we've ever seen anymore, so I don't think it necessitates having to preemptively roll out and do all these, you know, preventive measures by the quarterback. You know, I think you can hang in a little longer and, and do and things. To and to his
0: credit, yeah, and also, Daniel Jones has been less of a mistake guy. I mean, we've seen him mm-hmm. give up on plays and throw the ball away. We've seen him move around in the pocket to avoid things, and we've seen him get sacked multiple times without fumbling
1: and this is also not going to be a super vertical offense it's not like he has to have a seven step drop and wait for a guy to get open 40 yards and then throw the bombs away this is not what this offense is going to be the rest of the year now if we sign Beckham that might change later on in the year but right now this offense isn't equipped for that you're going to see again that's why I'm advocating more Barkley into this passing game where you know we're not going to be throwing. Thirty yards downfield, twenty yards downfield. So utilize your best guy and, you know, have your your your, your receivers blocking downfield for him.
0: Yeah, I would agree. On the flip side, this is where things get tricky. The Giants are hurt really badly in the secondary. Jackson's got that sprained MCL; he's likely out five to six weeks. Fabian Moreau is is seeming doubtful with an oblique injury. So he, did not, like, he did not
1: participate today, yes.
0: Yeah, so at corner, it's looking like a combo of Darnay Holmes, Nick McLeod, Rodarius Williams, and Cordell Flott. Those are likely four corners. Going up against, you know, CeeDee Lamb. So this is not uh, ideal. I think, I, I don't know. I, I You add in the safety position with McKinney on the NFI at least for at least two more weeks, likely more. Uh, Jason Pinnock, he seems okay following his jaw injury. Today.
1: Limited participation today. In
0: Pinnock. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a jaw injury. You know, he yeah. got, he got smacked around with by Jalen Smith. He reaggravated it, making a tackle later in the game. I think it was it was either Dan Duggan or Art Stapleton that said that he felt okay and was literally eating a cookie when he said it. So he's clearly <laughs> using his jaw or you know, whatever. So All right. uh, he's not he's not sipping shit through a straw. Is is a good start, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we're talking about Jason Pinnock here. We're not talking about Sean Taylor being yeah. available to play. So, mm-hmm. um, And uh, Dane Belton will likely continue to play. He's still dealing with a collarbone fracture that he had. Yeah, he was camp. not There's...
1: listed on Monday on the report, but today he was in limited participation.
0: Look, I know I'm me, and I'm going <laughs> to talk about an injury that happened when I was in high school, whatever, but, like, when you break a bone, it is, it is Very severely atrophied when you finally get the thing removed. Like, I I mean, I've broken both of my wrists in my life. When I was a young kid, so, like, whatever, right? But I broke my ankle in, uh, I guess, very late middle school going into high school. So, like, eighth grade. That shit still clicks. Like, I it's still Look, my weaker leg. Like when I, I when I work out at the gym, it's a it's it's a weak problem that I have. This is an injury from forever ago. I
1: had rotator cuff surgery in August and you know it's still I can barely I can do this, but you know something if I go like this, it still hurts. And now the cold weather this weekend, you know, both days is like it extra hurts. So these things they hang around. Just because you have the surgery or just because you know, you're know, two to four weeks and you're off an injury list does not mean you're not feeling it still.
0: Yeah, so I, I think, honestly, this is probably more of a rest day for Belton because of the short week. I, I know we're comparing ourselves to world-class athletes and uh, we're comparing our injuries to theirs, whatever. But I think my bigger point is just we also, at work, the most physical activity I do is I refill the printer probably when I've used all of the paper. So I'm carrying like a 1,000 pages of paper. That's That's probably the most huh? physical activity I do there. I don't get smacked around at work. So, I mean, like there's that too. So, I mean, he, he goes to work and he literally keeps putting pressure on that injury. So Correct. it's, it's also kind of different. Um, right. I, I just, we can get into the predictions for this game. You know, I, I guess we sort of have like a hodgepodge idea of what you can do on offense to kind of score points. I don't really have a clue what you do defensively to stop this team with, with the roster that we have with the Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney is already some pretty tough sledding. Um, I, I I guess you just kind of make Dak Prescott constantly throw and also hope. I don't even know if that's a good situation to be in. I think the I best thing know. you
1: could do defensively is control the clock offensively. Honestly. It's, sure. You know, I mean, like we that's, said, that's really I mean that's good that's, offense. I really think that's our best hope for kind of slowing down their, their offense is that if this running game can work, if we can manufacture first down so we can have a short passing game by utilizing Barkley, you know, in the flat. And if we can, Daniel Jones can be super smart with his legs and makes the right decisions and tuck it in. If he has to, if he sees a hole and gets seven yards, you know, in, in this game, getting seven yards and moving sticks is just as important as gaining 30 yards. It's, and it's... if we can do that and we can limit the amount of plays and limit the amount of drives Dallas has,
0: I think we have a shot. As long uh, as they capitalize on those drives, though, they have to be scoring points.
1: Oh, that that that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, we we're not we can't get into a shootout. This team is not built right now to play in a shootout and to score in a shootout. This we're gonna have to be, you know, efficient. We're gonna have to, you know, if you can see after the first quarter and we have the ball three minutes and they have it eleven, forget it. We have no chance in this game and. I don't know if we could do that right now. We're going up against a really good defense. Uh, you know, they get an early lead. They're going to be going after Daniel Jones. You know, if we, if we have to abandon our, you know, our basic offensive strategy of, of running the ball, you know, a lot of Barkley and stuff, and we have to start throwing more. This is not going to be like this past week with, with uh, Detroit. This is going to be guys licking their chops to, to tear Daniel Jones' head off. So, yeah. uh,
0: I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my prediction here. Yeah, I have us losing this game thirty-eight to ten. Oh. I, honest, I honestly believe that we will score a touchdown, and it might even be early in the game. We might have something scripted that's just the right stuff. After that, I don't know. I don't know defensively how you stop them, and I'm being serious. Like I just, I don't see it on paper. I don't see it, and and I really truly worry. Like you were saying, guys looking their chops, waiting to rip Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not a quitter. He's a fighter, and I right. truly worry that he can get hurt in this game. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like I, – I just – I'm – I'm skeptical. you notice I didn't say, you know, utilize Daniel Jones' legs in this game. The last time we did that, he gets concussed to the point where he couldn't walk. Yeah, I – foaming at the mouth. I don't I, want I, I, I did say that. I,
1: I, I think if it, when the opportunity is there – I mean, I wouldn't do a Tim Tebow and have him, him running well, he, up. He ran, up ran a up.
0: fucking naked bootleg on that play. That shit can't happen. But
1: you can probably run him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you want any – again – if it's third and four, and he's rolling out, and he sees a hole, he needs to take it and run and get that first down. I mean, 100% that's
0: percent correct. But that's he what he to has get to down. Do. Um,
1: And then to get down once he gets the yardage. Don't be a hero. Don't try to get that extra six yards when you only need four for something. But try to get the four by yourself if you have to. Um, right. You said thirty eight ten. I thought thirty seven ten. I. Uh, <laughs>
0: Well, I, tune in to see who <laughs> who's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, if there's a half a point and it splits the middle, so be it. But I, I, I see the similar scenario you did. Uh, I just think right now, just, you know, if this game was played five weeks ago, might be a little different story. But, um, you know, they're getting healthy and they're starting to roll. I mean, I'm not discounting last week as a fluke. I think they, they – I don't know how much you watched of that Minnesota game. They dominated that game.
0: They, did. They're they also they, were they, also got, they They also – they also got uh, their shit handed to them by Green Bay in overtime. That's true. So That's true. I mean I'm not saying that this is insurmountable or impossible. I'm just saying I don't see how it happens. Dallas one week just shit the bed against Green Bay. Green Bay. They just they they did. They they lost that game. I don't think Green Bay really won. But then they came out and they just absolutely walloped Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so, I, how the hell am I supposed to know which Dallas team? I think there's a good chance, and I think people are banking on that Dallas is just looking right past this game, and they have a bad track record on Thanksgiving, a completely useless stat. Um, I so mean, if I, I they're looking past,
1: a, if they're looking past a team that they're what two games ahead of, what or tied, only the same record.
0: It's Mike Ron McCarthy. healthy. What's that? It's Mike McCarthy.
1: Yeah. What's their record? They're seven. They're seven and three as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, but they had they already have the head to head lead on right. It, so.
1: But I mean, if you're looking past the team, you have the same record basically. That that is right. That's Mike McCarthy foolish. You know, I don't think they are. I let me ask you a question, Grump. Who has the competitive advantage or disadvantage at the fact that this game is being played on a Thursday? Because you know, a lot of credit was given to our coaching staff. You know, early on in this year is like they've out coached these teams, and that's kind of in the special sauce of why this team was winning early. Um, do you feel because there's less time to prepare, you know, for either side that hurts us more than it hurts Dallas? Or is it not really much of a factor? Um, uh, Let me me try to ask the question again. Maybe I make more sense. No, it
0: makes sense. I'm just, I'm honestly thinking. Um, Okay. So I'm weighing a bunch of factors here. I look at it and it's just like, well, I mean, do you even need to prepare as much when you have a roster that's just plainly better? I mean, and quite frankly, we've been saying for years, like, why isn't Dallas do better with the roster they have, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my sticking point's been Dak Prescott is maybe not as good as we thought. And I don't know what Mine's been next. bad coaches. <laughs> Yours been bad coaches. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it from the standpoint of, like, does Kellen Moore really need to dial up something insane on a short week to be a defense that is missing. I mean, I just listed the fucking corners that we're going to be starting. Uh, there, one guy that we drafted in the third round and three guys, most people in have never heard of uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL anyway, not giants fans, but right. um, I just wonder if he needs to really dial up anything. I wonder if Dan Quinn has to worry really hard, given the wide receivers on this roster. I just, I think that, but, but to answer your question more directly, like who has the competitive advantage uh, it, just being on the short week, I guess. Yeah, I, I I would have to say them only because they have yeah. more to work with. Yeah, But I don't think that necessarily makes them smarter coaches or more prepared. Oh no no no, no not at better. all
1: not at all not at all I think it's the opposite I think it's because of the fact that we have smarter coaches and they have schemed and game planned and decisioned this team into some wins where maybe the talent level wasn't equal to some of the teams that we beat like. You know, even when we were healthy, I don't think, you know, this talent, the roster on this team may not be the same as Baltimore or Tennessee, uh, but we beat them. And a lot of that was attributed to this coaching staff has got this team ready to play and made smart decisions and game planned and schemed and, and everything. So we're losing that this week. So I, I, I think it's a major disadvantage.
0: Um, all right. What's, uh, that's depressing. Let's um, let's bring it around the division. I'm going to hit you with some optimistic thoughts. Washington is playing Atlanta. I know Washington has been playing better of late, but they are still playing Taylor Heineke. Atlanta's been playing pretty well lately as well. I mean, they're hanging around a little bit more than I realized until I kind of went back and looked at it. I think Atlanta might sneak this one. Uh, Washington is hosting. Uh, This is a Sunday game, by the way. They're Mm -hmm. also doing a Sean Taylor statue uh, unveiling or some kind of Sean Taylor tribute. I think every time they try to honor Sean Taylor, they shit the bed. That's that's a useless stat. But I think, honestly, this is two teams that are starting to figure out how to be scrappy and hang around at the right time. And I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one. I think that this is a pretty close match.
1: It seems like every four years, Washington has that season where in the second half, they start to go on a roll. I mean, it happened only two years ago when they won the division, you know, and it happens every, you know, twice a decade where it's like, Hey, the Redskins or the Washington football team or the commandos, they won five of their last six in November, December, and they're the hottest team in the league. And I don't know. if I don't know if this team is doing that again. Uh, I hope not. Um, That's I think they're going to win this week.
0: doubt it, though. What's that? What make, what's making you doubt it this year?
1: Uh, because as much as I, I said last week that Tyler Henneke is kind of have a little it to him, but he's still a backup quarterback.
0: He's He still throws lollipops. He should be picked way more than he is. Yeah. I'm going to—I uh,
1: I know there's a little buzz on him and a little juice on him. I'm going to go with uh, with Atlanta as well. It's,
0: again I thought I'd be alone in that
1: one I I don't think again the theme for this league is if you're not that good you can't assume you're winning anything just cuz you're at home or you're perceived to be better these teams aren't good enough i mean look at us last week for example so washington keeps winning games like this i'll be more worried about them but i think even talking about like our schedule moving forward it's like you know when people talk about well Giants got two against Washington. They'll probably lose those two. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I mean, unless you're saying because of our injury situation, that's your factor. But just because it's Washington, I'm not there yet. So I, I, I let them keep winning and proving me wrong, and then my opinion will change. But right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Atlanta.
0: Philadelphia is at Green Bay Sunday night at 820. I'm going Green Bay here in 20-degree Green Bay, Wisconsin weather. On Sunday night, I'm sure Al Michaels will be. Oh no, he's Thursday night. Well, he'll be watching on
1: TV, so he'll be just fine.
0: He'll be he'll be just fine, snuggling up with his fireplace and billion million dollars, Um, (laughs) and his gambling slips around him. (laughs) I'm, I'm going Green Bay on this one. Philadelphia has lost to Houston and struggled real hard to beat Indianapolis.
1: No, they beat Um, Houston.
0: They lost. They lost to Washington. Washington. Sorry, they barely beat Houston. They lost to Washington, and then they beat Indianapolis by one point, a Jeff Saturday-led Colts. Um, (laughs) I am saying that maybe Philadelphia is struggling a little bit more with their defensive tackle situation. I don't really know, but I think that they are having a bit more of a hard time lately. Green Bay has not been good, but they also knocked off Dallas very Mm -hmm. recently, two weeks ago. They get the advantage of playing at home on Sunday night in front of a pretty loud, wild crowd up there. I mean, it's probably one of the more passionate fan bases in the NFL.
1: But Let me give you a little secret. Um, I was there in 2016 on a Sunday night game also, and there were a lot of Giant fans there. Yeah, Giant
0: fans do travel well, and they also uh, are spread out around the country. Do Eagle fans really travel well?
1: I don't know if they travel well, but Lambeau is one of those cathedral places. Like I got to so, go to, I got to go to Wrigley.
0: I got to go to Madison square garden.
1: I got to go to Lambeau. So I think uh, again, it might be 80, 20 as opposed to the normal 95 or 90, 10, but yeah, I get um, I am going to go with Philly. I, you know, Philly safe. green Bay. Yeah, it's safe, but green Bay is playing okay. better. I get that, but Philly's still,
0: Philly's still Philly.
1: This Philly's is just, still Philly. They I still think 95% have a really.
0: percent of people are picking
1: Philly. They still have a really good defense. You know, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been struggling with everything around him. I, I I'm, I'm going to stick with Philly. I, I again, I think it's a safe play for right now. That doesn't um, mean I'm not be rooting very, very hard for Green Bay for sure. But uh,
0: I mean, obviously, the the ideal scenario here is that if if everyone in the NFC East but the Giants lose and then uh, that puts them at what eight and three what would that put the Eagles at nine and two nine
1: and two and Dallas it's seven and four
0: right and Washington would be five and seven that would be that would be a great scenario for the Giants probably not gonna happen
1: yeah I'm I mean, not if not we're picking that. them to win thirty seven and thirty eight to ten losing and
0: <laughs> actually my prediction puts Dallas in a really great spot. That puts them at uh, eight and three with Philly down to nine and two. Giants down to seven and four and Washington at five and seven. It actually puts them real close to the top. So crystal ball but they win over Minnesota too.
1: Crystal Ball. how are you uh, ordering the division after week seventeen?
0: I don't know. I I would just my crystal ball is putting us at third.
1: Who's first?
0: Philly in front, Dallas in second. Oh,
1: see, I have it. You're have flipping
0: it, it but I, you know what? I do think first of all, Jordan Davis isn't out forever, mm-hmm. so there's that too.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh, Dallas, Philly, Giants, Washington. Um,
0: I think Giants and Washington are gonna be really close, and they'll have a tiebreaker over them. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they might not have the same record, but I do think that they'll at least split with Washington, and I think they've already made some headway to um, have a tiebreaker over Washington in the event of a tie.
1: It's a big game that Washington game. It really the that one. It's going to be here. Both in the, of
0: them. They like, haven't happened yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, especially the one here. I mean, it's like that's the one you got to win. You know, you lose down there. Well, because Bobby will be here. Well, of course, that's right. You know the the. The triumphant return of the, uh, you know, the prodigal son and uh, our, our, our huge tailgate we're going to have, too. But, um, you know, on the road is on the road, but you got to win those games when it's kind of equal at home. I don't
0: have... I, I, it's Like I said, it's been Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for me, man. Uh, I have not looked ahead at which college game I am going to be doing my draft stuff for. You suggested the Clemson game for me against South Carolina. I have not really watched Clemson. I only watched one Clemson game so far this year, so that might be it. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on Michigan-Ohio State for just the entertainment factor. I'm, Those games happen at the same time, though. I know where you'll be, right? Florida. Port I State.
1: will be at... If anybody is around and wants to watch the Florida Florida state game with me, cause I do not go to Tallahassee. I do not step foot in that awful time zone. I will be at Taylor public house Saturday night with the Gator club watching Florida, Florida state. Um, if anybody wants to watch with me, come on down. But, um, I think I want everybody once again, you know, I know I hyped my Lord and savior Anthony Richardson before the season He has not had a very good year, Um, but I want you all to watch the Florida Florida State game and look at him again with an honest opinion, Uh, you know, a fresh pair of eyes. Um, We all think he is going pro. And, you know, if you look at his numbers, you're like, how the hell is this guy going to go? You know, his completion percentage is not very good. He's had a couple of real stinkers this year. He's actually cost the Gators, you know, wins and stuff. but. The guy is still six four, two forty five. 245, runs a 4-5, can truck people, uh, an amazing athlete. So, you know, I know what your pre- your con- perception was before the season started, what your perception might be now, but watch him again during this game against Florida State and, and tell me what you think. If you think this is a guy that would be better served coming back for a year, if you were a GM or, more specifically, Joe Shane, you know, I'm not saying that we are drafting a quarterback in this draft, but would he be something that you could see the potential as an NFL quarterback, or is he just a bust? I'm curious what people think. So uh, that'd be my he, guess. If you want to watch, you know, for a, a prospect this year, watch rewatch Anthony Richardson this game, and let's see what happens.
0: I just want to clarify. You think he's going pro this year? Yes. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that he played bad enough that he was not going to do that.
1: Oh well, I mean, if it was just purely on how he played. I would think he would come back. I think it's I think it's in his best interest to come back. I really think that he is going to get grades and he's going to get people in his ear saying, you can go and you could be a first-round pick. Now, remember, we live in a different world now in college where with NIL money, he can get a million or $2 million for deals to stay in school and be paid. So it's not a question of, you know, I have 17 mouths to feed. I have to go pro this year. Um. The question is, if he thinks he can get first-round money, no NIL deal can, can match that. So, interesting. In, inside the program, we all think he's leaving. Um. But I'm curious, what you all think? Is he really illegitimate? You know, does the side test forget what he actually does? His numbers in the game, but what what he looks like? Does he look like a guy that could be an NFL quarterback or not?
0: You think he's going to announce before bowls and stuff? Absolutely. This is I believe this is the last
1: game regardless. I I don't if if he decides he's going there is zero chance he's playing in the you know the Birmingham bowl or maybe the Outback bowl. That'd be I would I would tell him not to. I mean, I would not risk anything to play in a meaningless bowl game where half the half the roster is probably gonna be transferring out or you know for whatever reasons, you know to, making business decisions. I I would not play in that bowl in.
0: That's going to do it for us. I hope you all have a very, very good, healthy, safe, and fun Thanksgiving. I hope you all watch the Giants game and I hope yeah. we all have a great time seeing a win. That was, yeah, I'm
1: more, as I was um, gonna say, I'm really thankful for all of you guys who actually listen to us. I mean, I, you know, Grump and I, we do this because we love the Giants. We love we're you know, we're not only, you know, podcast co-hosts, we're also cousins and we're, you know, we're great friends too. And, uh, the fact that anybody even cares what we say and listens, and we've made a lot of great friends from this, it really makes me thankful. So I'm thankful for all of you guys out there. I'm glad we, you know, we stuck together through this horrible decade, and I definitely feel like this team is is on the upswing. It may not be this year, but I think the future's bright, and uh,
0: it'll be glad fun. To spend it with all of you. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, as those tailgates get better in L. Seventeen, you know, with those guys, and uh, we start winning, and we start going on more road trips we think about playoffs and stuff. It's gonna be a fun ride together. So I, I thank all of you guys for uh you know subscribing and, and listening to our shows.
0: And commenting. Also I saw somebody yeah. somebody said uh they were glad that I self scouted my grumpiness after the Houston game. I am I am always self scouting myself as a podcaster. It's not really where I'm the most comfortable. Like I, I, I feel comfortable in my takes and my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but but actually as my, my reactions and being somewhere between poised and emotional is not something I'm very good at. So uh, I I do self-scout, and I appreciate you appreciating that. Um, That's going to do it for us. As always, follow us on Twitter while it still remains, at football underscore grump, (laughs) at the cranky fan, at just Giants pod. And please, please, please subscribe, view, tell your friends, like, comment. On YouTube, where you can find all of our stuff and upcoming draft stuff. As this is coming to an end, I already have a huge catalog of stuff that I'm going to start working on and making video content. So best place, best thing to do is to follow the YouTube channel and follow me on Twitter. Follow Cranky Fan on Twitter. But if you're more of an audio person, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, etc., available everywhere. So we will see you all on a wonderful Monday morning for our right monday or tuesday, tuesday morning tuesday morning
1: Yeah, maybe we'll monday back. morning we'll see how frisky right, cool. we're feeling sunday night
0: follow us on twitter you'll find out yeah um, or just subscribe and it'll just be there when uh when it's we
1: haven't we have a nick game sunday night yeah we could do it so maybe sunday night we'll see how it goes
0: all right then. Cool. well we will see you all next week until then go giants, go giants and go, go. gators